0: Hello and welcome to In Star Trek We Trust, a Star Trek podcast. This week we will be discussing Subspace Rhapsody Strange New Worlds" Season 2, Episode 9. I am one of your hosts, Ethan.
1: I am one of your other hosts, Kevin. Written by Dan Horgan and Bill Wolkoff and directed by Dermot Downs. Dermot Downs is a, it's fun to say. Dermot Downs. Sounds fake. It does. He's uh, he's new to uh, to the Star Trek world. Mostly a cinematographer, I found out. He has a background in cinematography, but he has directed a lot of genre shows. He's done a lot of directing for um, Fire County, Chucky, Doom Patrol, Prodigal Son, Blind Spot, Batwoman, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, Arrow. A lot of DC.
0: Okay.
1: He's in the DC family. Very nice. All shows that you like. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Different i have liked them. And I think we should also mention that the songs are written by Tom Pulsey or Pulsey and Kay Hanley of Letters to Cleo fame, both Bostonians, so a little close to our hearts.
1: There's a credit I thought I'd never hear us talk about for Star Trek. The songs were written by.
0: Yes, yes. So interesting. I wonder how this went down with the writer of the episode and the writer of the songs, because a lot of the dialogue was the song. Yeah. So um, hopefully, <clears> one <throat> day the oral history of the Subspace Rhapsody will
1: be. I hope on the I expect on the Blu-ray release there'll be a lot of behind-the-scenes featurettes on this episode, particularly, and I would also assume maybe a commentary track, because obviously this is, I would say, maybe the most unique. Star Trek, certainly the most unique Star Trek Strange New Worlds episode, and maybe even the most unique in the entire franchise, because obviously we've never had anything like this before. So.
0: Right. Yeah, for uniqueness, it's right up there with <clears throat> the Deep Space Nine original series crossover or yep. the Enterprise Mirror episodes.
1: I, th- I I I agree with your first one because that's it wasn't so much them just crossing over. I mean, it was the insertion of the DS9 characters into an existing episode. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's gone on to become one of the most beloved episodes of all time. So and I think although
0: I bet to bring this up before, but I'm gonna bring it up now. So on I rarely ever, you know, I rarely ever watch the post show, whatever it's called. The Ready Room. Yes. So on the ready room, they had, I think it was a ready room. They had, it was an official Star Trek something. They had, um, in in celebration of the Lower Decks crossover, they showed like, oh, here are all the beloved crossover episodes of Star Trek. And they did not show that episode.
1: Trials and Tribulations? Yeah. I think it was probably for that one. Yeah.
0: It was very strange, though they did. They had a bunch of crossover episodes, even things like, um, you know, bones showing up on, yeah, next gen, and
1: that wasn't even so much an episode, more than just a scene.
0: Yeah, it wasn't the basis of did the episode. Not, yeah, so
1: that's too bad. I mean, they, I'm sure there were other ones they didn't show either, right? But, but, that's nevertheless, painful. I mean, but if if there's one you're going to show, it would have that's to be, cool. yeah,
0: that one is. Right up there with the lower next one, as far as just surprising that they even did it.
1: Right, right. I would think that the number one crossover they would choose would be that one, and maybe even like unification.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. No, they somehow totally neglected it. It's
1: too bad. Well, maybe because maybe it's they don't need to because all the truck fans know about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I, I get the- it.
1: Maybe, maybe they don't, well, can't show the let montage. me say this. If I were the video editor in charge of that montage, I, can, I promise you that would be... If I had free reign to decide what the crossover episodes were, yeah. I, and if not, I'd be like, you know what, you really should put that in there.
0: Yeah, you'd probably quit in protest.
1: Mm. Well, so this has been a... I don't know that I want to say a long-awaited episode because they kind of announced it rather quickly. Um, I think at Comic Con, and I think and then it ended up aired, you know, three weeks later. So I, I don't want to say it was uh, a long awaited.
0: I would say it well, was hotly anticipated. Hotly
1: anticipated, okay. granted, for a very short window of time. Yes. And I got to say, so I, I don't want to sound like that person, but I wasn't quite looking forward to it because it, musicals are not my thing and i carried that into the episode but that didn't mean that i didn't like it i don't think music
0: has to be your thing
1: i just feel like if they were my thing maybe i'd be more inclined to enjoy it but the the thing i will mention again because i mentioned this to you the other day it's like you know westerns aren't my thing and either and so I, like when the original series has a Western episode or, you know, episodes like data's day or I remember enterprise had a Western episode called North star, even extending beyond that to like, say the twilight zone. I, I tend to not look at those ones, at least not often because that's just not my, they're kind of, they're pointing it into a genre. That's just not, doesn't really interest me, but that doesn't mean that I hate it. It's just not something that mm-hmm. I'm, fully invested. It
0: doesn't automatically win any points with you just for being a musical.
1: Right, right. Exactly, right. But it doesn't mean that I am closed off to it. Because I did enjoy this one, but I I think there was definitely based on feedback that I saw from people online, feedback from you. You all enjoyed it on a level far higher than than I did.
0: And I'm a very casual musical person. I've seen a few in real life. There's a... College Station that plays musical music on weekend mornings, and I'll listen to that when if I have errands to
1: do. Yeah, like on
0: that level, I enjoy it, but I don't really seek it out all that often.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think just on that level, it, it kind of worked a little bit against me. But so, yeah, I think it was a bold move. I think and so too. I think so too. Great. A lot of shows have
0: done this since we talked about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, kind of. Uh, uh, breaking the ground for everyone. Yep. But a lot, a fair amount of shows, I don't have a list of it, but I know some, a, lot, a fair amount of other shows have done musical episodes since. And I, I'm yeah. not sure that all of them, though, try to make it like Buffy and this episode do make it an in universe reason why it's happening.
1: So, a little bit of a side by, I mean, unless you know, do you know, like, what brought it on from Buffy? Like, why they oh, did yeah. it? Hmm.
0: No, I think they just. Uh, no, I'm not sure
1: because I don't think that I don't think that was even something happening on TV at the time. I and mean, I, I remember seeing the ad for it because bu- what happened, what I recall happening was Buffy moved to UPN and Buffy and enterprise overlapped with one another. And I remember seeing the promo for that. And I was, and I did, I was not a Buffy watcher, but I had friends who were and, um, and I just show. remember saying like, I'm like, what the hell? And I just, I was, it was so weird. And then I was even mentioning to you, I mentioned this to you back when we were talking about Comic-Con a few weeks ago. You know, there were rumors back then that because it had made such, it sent such shockwaves through television at the time that now there were these rumors that, oh, this show is going to do one and that show is going to do one. And oh, is this going to be a new trend or something? And there was, there was, there were, there was a thought at the time that Enterprise was going to do the same thing.
0: it took they like took them like, 25 years to do it or something
1: right exactly so and even then i thought like don't do that like what it would have just felt i mean if if there was ever a time you thought that it would have that a musical would have felt out of place in trek it absolutely would have felt out of place then
0: yeah i don't think i want to hear trip singing i feel like that wouldn't be very good who knows though you know many actors also say well
1: i just feel like back then specifically star trek was less they took less risk and they play everything safe and it was difficult to imagine them even trying that. So Right. That's and, true. Yeah. Very, very safe. And I think if this season of Strange New Worlds has demonstrated anything, it's they're not afraid to really just go for it and try and just try new things. And I really appreciate that about the show. Right. They just they're just willing to go for it. They don't care how silly it may look. They're just going to do it. And as we've said a million times, if it doesn't succeed, okay, then we have next week to look forward to for something else.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I do wonder if this came about because you have Cecilia Rose Gooding, who who is a Broadway star, I believe, <laughs> actually. Not just a Broadway yeah. performer, but a Broadway star. Yeah. And also you have... Um, Christina Chong, who is a singer. She puts out albums in Canada or I guess everywhere. I don't know. Um, So you've got two strong singers there.
1: How do you just put an album out in Canada? I don't know. I
0: think she's Canadian and she puts out albums. It's a
1: Canadian exclusive? Is that what you're telling me?
0: Alright, this is a totally um, side thing, but I'm going to explain it. Anyway, keep it in, cut it out, whatever. Um, Canada, Canadian radio has a laws. That like eighty percent of the music they play has to be Canadian artists. Okay. Because they otherwise they think it would just be dominated by Americans. So there are a lot of people that are like stars in Canada and nowhere else because of that law.
1: Got it. So you think that maybe she's just on Canadian radio a lot? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. We don't hear it. Exactly. Okay, but. um it's the internet, yeah. so I figured yeah. we... All I have to do is, like, tune into a Canadian radio station from here, and then I could... Rub, online, and then I could probably...
0: You learn all about Canadian radio.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's cool, though. I mean, I I had seen... I think it was on the Ready Room. I think she was the guest on the Ready Room. There was one of them who, I guess, wanted to do a musical episode. And they kept saying, like, Oh, I think we should do a musical episode. And then when they were finally told that they were going to do it, they got very excited. I think it was Christina Chong. I believe it was her on the Ready Room saying that. So, But she, she knew about it like, I think it was her, but she knew about it like a year before. So she had to wait. They had to wait like an entire year Oh yeah. before they could actually do this.
0: Yeah, I do think Uhura and Lan were just definitely the strongest singers.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, Nichelle Nichols was also a singer. So, I mean, can you imagine if they had, you know, Nichelle wow. Nichols would have had no issue.
0: Didn't they sometimes have her singing just kind of absentmindedly? Like
1: they did. The yeah. They did, yeah. Nichelle Nichols, I found out, used to sing with Duke Ellington. Wow. Yeah.
0: And she also used to hook up with...
1: Um, and I think she did musical theater. I
0: think she used to hook up with Gene also. <laughs> I think they dated.
1: Yeah, I specifically recall in the original series episode, The Changeling, she was humming and uh, Nomad wanted to know what that was.
0: Oh, did sing with Spock when he was playing his uh, harp or whatever. She did,
1: in Charlie in Charlie X, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then she sang, of course, in Star Trek V as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think for me, on a high level, like it was, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but I, I don't think I, I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as everybody else as everybody else did.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, one of the things I was very impressed with is the fact that you could see this being, okay, we're doing a musical episode. It's silly. You know, let's just do it. And it won't have much impact on anything, but I would say we had the plot of many long running kind of arcs move forward quite a bit.
1: Oh yeah. So, so, yeah. Because it
0: they didn't treat this as a throwaway.
1: Right. Cause it, it wasn't, very- it wasn't just a, cause it, when I was telling somebody, uh, some friends about this up and coming episode, they one of them had said, which they made a really astute observation, they said, you know, that's kind of cool because they could like Star Trek would do something where like they encounter some weird alien that maybe makes them sing. Like in other words, like they could do something that totally makes sense in within the framework of the Star Trek universe that would make the characters sing, rather than it just being a totally out of place episode where they're just singing for no reason.
0: Yes, yes. So that's a good place to bring up what do you think about their reason that this this anomaly or whatever it was put them into a parallel universe where everyone sings. I, I think it was a weird and not that great reason.
1: It was a very thinly veiled idea to get to get them to sing. But in a way, it's like it's fine because you don't you didn't really need something like to you didn't have to, you didn't have to, you didn't have to work too hard to get them to do that. You just needed some weird anomaly that causes them to do it very very much in the vein of. Say the naked time where they just get a disease, and they're all hot for each other i mean it's not it's just a very thinly veiled plot I to get how them-
0: does <laughs> this disease work
1: right right exactly <laughs> it
0: brain it effect exactly
1: right right I think it was but for me, it was like the singing's one thing, but they're also dancing like that's the second right. that's the second part of it like there's, there's a whole choreography going on, you know yeah, yeah, I like the choreography for some of it, yeah. So, um, yeah. Also, it had a theme. It
0: had an interesting theme that I didn't get to my second viewing. I believe the theme was about... It's pretty simple, actually. They say it so much, but it's about communication. Yes. You have to have good communication because the beginning... Because I was trying to figure out, why did they make Uhura like be be an old-school phone operator at the beginning, where she was patching people together? Right. That part seemed to not fit until I saw it in the theme of connecting people. So there she was literally connecting people and at the end she was through song connecting people right and then you had spock and chapel were not communicating when they should have been you had pike who was not communicating when he should have been yeah you had i guess laan not communicating when she should have been so there's a lot of people not communicating and then eventually well i guess chapel never communicated properly
1: yeah. So, I mean, they, they did, they, yeah, she I mean.
0: Goes, like That's the Starfleet version of ghosting.
1: They, they went they, with all with all that extreme, like they went further with it than I would have expected them to be. Like they actually did it in such a way that, okay, there was, a, there was some anomaly that caused this, but there was also like, yeah, there was a theme going about. So they, they really, I think played it all very seriously and didn't try to make it almost uh, gimmicky right it all kind of cuz it it started threads in the episode and it also resolved threads yeah, in the episode big, yeah.
0: yeah like multiple season long thread
1: right which when you and which when you say to somebody that you're dealing with a musical episode that's that's kind of like i think it's because I don't think they wanted the focus to just be, oh, it's just a musical episode, that's it. Like, they didn't want you to forget. Like, well, no, but we're still going to be doing other things in this episode. It's not going to just be a musical. Sure, that's going to be the thing that people remember the most about this episode, and even maybe even that season. But we're still going to be dealing with... We're not taking a vacation this week from all the threads really that we have episode. sort of hanging, hanging around, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a musical, but it's still an episode.
1: Right. Yeah, it wasn't a... It's weird to say this for a show that is episodic. It wasn't filler.
0: No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Which totally this was could have so much been filler. Absolutely. So I respect that a lot. Mm-hmm. They don't, they're not wasting any of their time that they have. Well same with the um the the lower decks crossover. Real things
1: happen. And <laughs> Real things happen, yeah. And but as we've said, things have happened that even have ramifications that go as far as the original series. Thank you, Boymler. Yes, sure, sure. Which was did just you just catch
0: a- the, the credits, the opening credits.
1: I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, well, yeah, acapella. Yeah. Was yep. Interesting. That was, that was, a that's
1: classic. the second time they've done this now. They've changed it for lower decks. Now they do it with this one.
0: Yeah. That was yeah. very, very good.
1: Okay. So, the episode you told me had, it was nine songs.
0: Uh, I counted nine songs. Yes. Okay.
1: So, did you have a favorite?
0: I did. I definitely had a favorite. Hundred percent right. had a favorite. So my
1: favorite is, let's see.
0: Uh, it was Lon's solo song, and I
1: called it.
0: I called it "Flying Blind." I don't think any of them had names that I saw anyway. But I well, called they, it did, Flying
1: they did. They did release when, soundtrack. So
0: this was when Lon was jealous of Una because she was she watched Una's song with Kirk about uh-huh. the advice for him as as a number one, and um. Basically, she was saying, oh, she's too serious, and, and she wants to be more chill.
1: Is this the song? This is the song the two of them were singing, right?
0: Um, So the. It's, this one was just um, on by herself. Oh, in her quarters.
1: The one in her quarters. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, so
0: I just thought it was a really well done song. I thought it had huge dynamics. Like it was really quiet and intimate, and then it went to like huge on the chorus,
1: in the pre-chorus. Well, because it's so like- well done. And let me mention this, too, about the songs, right? So they weren't just... But they weren't, like, just songs, right? In other words, like, this if this wasn't a musical, this would have probably been just the dialogue. They would have been speaking to each other, right?
0: Right, or this one could have been her, like, viewing a journal of... of
1: Right. ...the log or something. Right, like, it wasn't a song... In the traditional sense that it's meant to like communicate the way you feel in that moment like it's like it's their dialogue that they would have said
0: yeah so this is why your lack of musical knowledge so this is what happens in musical yeah you find out what the characters are thinking and feeling through the songs right and that's what's happening here But, but the interesting thing is that remember this anomaly also made it so that they were expressing things out loud they wouldn't normally express
1: yeah well communication Right, lack of communication. Yes. Right,
0: and that's what Lon's. After this song, also, this is when Lon realized. I'll tell you what.
1: Be, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Do another musical episode, but do it all. Do all. Uh, do all death metal songs.
0: Okay, well, but it has to be a Klingon death metal.
1: Yes. Imagine them just doing that. Doing that. I
0: mean, or Klingon opera, which is the worst.
1: <laughs> right. Totally. Um. I think for me, the one that I liked the most was probably just the first, was the first song that they sang when they realized what was going on. It was, I liked the confusion in what they were saying, because, you know, why are we singing? What are we doing? What's going on? Yeah. That's. Uh, System
0: Stable. I named that one System Stable.
1: Yes. Yes. And uh,
0: yeah, so that was kind of like set up the world and like what they're dealing with. Okay. Everybody's singing and there's, it's crew lied. They're singing about just what's going on
1: around them. Right. But I did also like the last song too. I mean, I like, and I like that the Klingons were partaking.
0: Yes. Yeah. The last song was quite good. And the last song I thought was pretty amazing because it had so many different parts. Like there were parts where it sounded like your straight up Broadway grand finale, there were other parts where it sounded like a pop punk song. Right. And there were, so yeah, that was a, quite, a, quite a good song. I and it also let, um, let us really see Uhura's voice for what it, what it can do.
1: I do want to see more of the Klingons doing that. In fact, I would actually say that Lower Decks now has a responsibility to pick up on that and show more of the Klingons doing that. Yeah, I mean, there's
0: one crew that they really took to it and they liked it, so they just keep doing it.
1: Right, because I can totally see sometime in the upcoming season of Lower Decks when maybe when they talk about, like, if if they do indeed talk about the Pike thing, even though they say maybe they don't in the trailer, I could see mariner saying, "Like, yeah. By the way, do you know what happened on that ship? Like a week after we left, <laughs> they all just started, <laughs> they all started like breaking into song. Yeah, like they just read it in the history books or something like that. Like, yeah, didn't that that happen? Like, yeah, that, that was like the week after we left. That was like two days later. Yeah, that that last
0: one definitely packed in a lot. Yeah, well, uh, it's amazing that- harmonies. There were points, but at the end of a line, they would everyone would sing harmony in harmony. Yeah, and they were just so unexpected and interesting and cool."
1: But it's also Puskin had
0: a lot of interesting. Um, uh, like there was one point where you had, I'm just going to call her Mrs. Lotka, um, Lon and Spock were sort of like they had their, they were standing like the Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, Pellia.
1: He's talking about Pelia, the engineer. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and then Chapel and
0: Benga dancing through sick bay. It looked like they were like, not really choreographed. They were just like, just run down and dance. It'll be fun. It just look like the actors you yeah. know, jumping around and having fun.
1: Well, it made me think um, to myself, like, how much do they actually like? Are they dancing on purpose? Or are they like, like, what is going on here exactly? <laughs> like, where's the line, you know? Yeah, I think, I think that was the only time I really seemed not choreographed
0: was them running down the sick. Otherwise, even when they were in, even when, um, Chapel was doing her breaking up with Spock song. Right. Um, and they were all dancing kind of like they were in a club, but it also looked very choreographed. It looked very much like background music hmm. with people where it's all. right I I thought it was very funny in the last song also when they say uh protect our mission it's our prime directive (laughs) and Spock says uh not not exactly (laughs) that was funny oh uh this I wanted to ask you about so in song number eight Uhura has a solo song and she sings about Hemmer yep and how much Hemmer has influenced her and how much she misses him Mm mm-hmm thought that was a nice touch. I know Hammer is your, one of your favorite characters.
1: He was, yeah. What do you want to ask me? Did you cry? No. You said there's something I want to ask you about, then you tell me. Like, yeah, I thought that was nice. Like, yeah. okay. What are you asking me? <laughs> did, did that, what do you think? Did it, did it resonate with me? Did it, oh, it was nice. I mean, well, okay. I'll tell you something interesting. Do you know that Hammer wasn't... The, so the actor who plays Hammer is in this. He's, one of, he's the Klingon.
0: Oh, Cool.
1: Bruce Horak was the Klingon captain.
0: Nice. That's good. Yeah.
1: So in a way that's kind of fitting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was nice. I, of course I miss Hemmer. I think his, I think his death was very harebrained. I wish that did not happen, but yeah, I mean, um. I, cause I, cause I would have l- imagine Hemmer in this episode for a second. Like I could see Hemmer being the only one not afflicted by this whole thing. <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah like he's it's an like, alien so he's like he's like he's an alien. so he has some it's kind a- of like he has some kind of like immunity to it so yeah, like we don't, just... we don't
0: fit in any parallel universe right
1: <laughs> i think that would have been fantastic actually that would have been quite funny
0: yeah because
1: i because in a way like you know what i feel like it, in some ways i feel like what was missing from this episode for me is i needed somebody to be the foil. I needed somebody to be the observer being like, what's who just isn't affected. Like, in other words, like if this were Voyager seven and the doctor would not be affected by this. And they'd be like, they'd be the only ones. And they'd be like, what is going on? Mm, you know, yeah. somebody would be immune to it. And they were that right. person. They were the foil for the whole thing or the one, the outside of that. So I feel like the episode needed something like that to kind of point pinpoint to kind of point out the absurdity yeah. of the situation.
0: That would have been interesting. Yeah. In- you got that a little bit just that some people liked it, some people didn't.
1: Mm-hmm. Like in the last number, there's a part where
0: they're saying, like, I kind of miss the singing, and then Spock's Vine almost right after there, just like I won't miss the singing. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then Uhura begins singing. Yes. 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 Oh,
0: yeah. They'll stop it. look there. That was that was good. That
1: was yeah, good. It was good. It was also, good.
0: You, was I wrong in thinking that they use the like end credit music from
1: the original series? No, you were not wrong.
0: Okay, that was very yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: um well, let's see. Some of the things that are important that happen in these songs are so we talked. we mentioned the resolution of Chapel and Spock. She gets accepted to the Vulcan Science um, mm-hmm. Fellowship. Yep. And she does not tell Spock.
1: Nope.
0: She tells everybody else. Spock walks in on them celebrating. He very awkwardly says um, was it a so Spock very awkwardly asks Chapel was that an oversight that you did not tell me or was it intentional and she doesn't want to talk about it and he insists and then she sings a song about how happy she is for um excited for a new challenge a new chapter in her life um she essentially breaks up with Spock. I thought this was a great pop song. I thought mm-hmm. it was very nice, very catchy. I don't think that she was the best singer, but she was good. Um, and then at the end, the last line: "If I need to leave you, I won't fight it. I'm ready." And then they cut to Spock's face, and he's just like devastated. That was a tough way to find out that your partner's leaving you through a, so- a da- song and dance number in front of well, all of your friends.
1: And what this means is they're getting the uh, the Roger Corby storyline off and running, up and running. So by the time we get to the original series, so this is probably the beginning of that, because he's been mentioned a few times already. So, Mm -hmm. and in the original series, that episode, she mentions that she had a relationship with him. So Roger Corby. So that's the kind of, yeah, they're on the road, heading towards, heading in that direction. So, um, and then
0: interestingly, the next song is, I'm the X which Spock is upset and he sings this one by himself, but essentially he rededicates himself to logic and reason. He says he's gone astray from what he should be doing in life by this romance.
1: And you were saying that before we began recording you, we were kind of going over stuff and you were mentioning that you were kind of postulating that perhaps that's kind of the birth of TOS Spock. We're going from sort of the cage era Spock into the Spock that we know in the original series, which I think is a really, uh again, I'll use the word astute. I think it's a very astute observation. I didn't think of so, that. Yeah. yeah,
0: Because, yeah, he it's sort of is, um, you know, he went out into the human world and he got his heart broken and it sucked. And he said, well, oh, screw this, then I'm going back to logic. It's
1: better. Let me ask you this about Nurse Chapel, because it, they're talking a lot about her going off to this. Do you think that she's, like, potentially leaving for a little while?
0: Well, she's at least leaving for a few months. I think they said it was four months or something. Yeah. So, like, I guess
1: my question is more toward the idea of, you know, can you imagine, like, maybe, uh, would it just be a couple of episodes without her, you think? And they would just say it's a couple of months. Or do you think they could, like, maybe do an entire season without her?
0: They could. I mean, certainly the way she sings it, it's all about, like, new adventures awaiting her. So if it's only three months.
1: And then they bring in Dr. McCoy. Be, oh, yeah, of course. That's what they want.
0: Yeah. They bring in the old guy.
1: Dr. Boyce, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to know where he is. Um, yeah, I'm wondering about that. Like, are they, uh, yeah, are they gearing her up to kind of go away for a bit?
0: Yeah, and I wonder if we're going to see Spock now, more of the Spock we know. I think no that'd more be. Orman will be happy, no more smiling.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. So when you go back and watch the original series, usually I'd say about the first five episodes, you see Nimoy's performance, the way he portrays Spock. Spock does tend to be a little bit more emotional. Um, There's a much more clear delineation between the logical side and the human emotional side. You know, he may, he's a little bit more intense in his emotions and sometimes he's just Vulcan. And I don't think that's really a choice. I think it's, I think it's Nimoy sort of working out how does this character need to be portrayed? So he's like, he's sort of trying different things before he finally settled on a way, a, a certain performance that we saw throughout, you know, which became the standard of the character for the rest of the show. Um, but Ethan Peck has said that he knew of that and he had worked that into his performance as the character. Like it's not so much that he's taking what Nimoy did later on and applying that he's looking at, he was looking more at Nimoy's early portrayal as the character and sort of in his mind saying, well, that's how Spock was at that time. He yeah. was, he, cause he was a little bit. And so I think there's a, that's sort of a factor and, in and in, in maybe that helps support your theory that maybe he's, this could be the beginning of the Spock that we see in the original series, but there's still a little bit of it at the beginning of the original series, like what he was like before that, which was the sort of, you know, potentially prone to more emotion at times, you know, there was a little bit, there was a little bit more human on the surface than there was Vulcan.
0: Yeah. So I wonder if we'll see that next season. It'll be closer to Pat Spock. Than the most
1: because I think we're only, if the timeline is correct, I think we're only about seven, six or seven years away from the first season. I think we're in twenty two fifty fifty nine. We're 60. So I think oh, yeah. we're, we're about six or seven years away from the first season of the original series. So
0: hey, This show's going You'd think we're uh, two months away. Oh, I know. So that's a discussion for another time. Most um, definitely. Okay, that's big. Chapel breaking up with him, him dedicating himself back to logic, giving up on all this human love crap. That's big. Another one that happens as a result of Lawn Song, is she comes out about her feelings towards Kirk based on her encounter with the parallel universe Kirk.
1: Who is in this episode again.
0: Yeah, well this yeah. time he's shadowing um, Una too because he's going to become number one of the...
1: The Farragut, the Farragut. Yep.
0: Yes. Yep. and so they want, he's not quite there, he's not quite ready. They want to shadow one of the best number ones in the fleet. And so he's on the enterprise, shadowing because right. expects to get him on there,
1: yeah, but yeah, and he made reference to something that I was not really ready for he He tells La, yeah, he tells Laan about Carol Marcus mm-hmm. and that she's pregnant, and so the haters
0: yeah off again,
1: relationship. The haters were quick to say that's a canon violation. Thought, well, why is that a canon violation? Well, he didn't know about David and Wrath of Khan. No, is, he didn't know he did know about David.
0: Yeah, he said, Is that David? How do you know David? his name?
1: And there's a whole conversation. There's things. that whole conversation between Kirk and Carol where he says to her, I did what you wanted, I stayed away. Yeah. And she's and it there was clear there was a decision, like and she says to him, You had your world, I had mine, and I wanted him in mine. I didn't want him. Chasing through the universe with his father. I mean, they no, clearly me. knew he knew about David already. Yeah. A choice a decision was made between the two of them for Kirk to yeah. go one way and for her to raise him on his own. With no yeah.
0: He was kind of saying, Yeah, he can't be mad at me because I did the thing you wanted me to
1: do. Right. This is like This is People like
0: the whole different. You know what I the expression a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing.
1: No, I've never heard that
0: oh it's a good one so in other words like, if you know a little bit but you don't know a lot you tend to make a lot of mistakes yeah and I think that's what this is they, oh I saw that movie once no I didn't know and you know they just run with it because they just want to be right so bad
1: I just have this ongoing theory and I'm, I'm almost continually proven correct that Star Trek fans don't really a lot of Star Trek fans not all of them fans like that don't actually watch it because they're the fans who are like oh I saw Wrath of Khan once but next generation well next generation's more my jam Okay, well, if you only know Wrath, if you've only seen Wrath of Khan once, clearly, like, how would you even know enough about it to even come out and say, well, that's not correct? Because you say, you defend it as if you've seen it a million times.
0: Or, you know, if you think, hey, I don't think he knew, maybe go back and
1: watch that scene. Well, that's the other thing. This is the internet age, for fuck's sake. It's easy to go back and look.
0: And watch it and and find it.
1: And And all you have to do is watch that scene. You don't have to watch the whole thing. Just watch that one scene between the two of them. Yeah. So. But, that, yeah, I mean, that that is kind of like the Cyborg thing, right? I wasn't expecting them. I never in a million years would have thought that he would have made any reference to Kawamakas prior to The Wrath of Khan, right? I just wouldn't have even thought that they would ever revisit this. I wonder if we'll even see her at some point.
0: He didn't do it on the original series because she didn't exist yet. but was She yeah. does exist, so you can put her in. It's great.
1: But also, it reinforces what, I mean... Obviously, we know the real world answer was because it hadn't been written yet, but it was written in such a they'd written it in, in the Wrath of Khan in such a way that it made sense. Why, if you want to look at it, you know, right, logically, why there wouldn't have been a reference because she went one way. He went the other way.
0: Yeah. In a way, so, you know, what? It, you know, it's funny. I just realized that's exactly what Beverly does. Except she doesn't tell him. Right. She, doesn't tell him, but she makes the same decision. Right, Captain. No, nobody to have for a father, so I'm just gonna not tell you. Keep
1: them but everyone expects things like that to be so clear cut. Like, it's if, like it has to. It's like it has to be mentioned. If it's not mentioned, it can't exist. Yeah. And it's like
0: when the film did it perfectly. It's just like you told me to stay away, and so I did.
1: Well, you know why? Because here's the thing. Because the person who you know the guy who writes that who the the writer of that film you know Nick Meyer who helped who helped co write the film. Like I said, they wrote that scene in such a way that it would make sense in the original series, but also writing it so that they know that the audience is going to say, well, wait a minute, how can, and yeah, then they write right. it and it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Because they know the audience is going to question that. Well, Kirk never mentioned he had a son. What the hell? And so, but they write it in a way that makes sense. So if you question it, it's like, oh, now I can see why.
0: He wouldn't mention a son that he does no contact with. And- has no part in his life.
1: Well and again, in course. what context? We didn't see we we were not treated to the the only family we were treated to really was Spock's. So what's the context? And that's his parents. None of them had children. What's the context? Yeah. I mean
0: <laughs> yep. They didn't have any Captain Kirk day on the
1: Enterprise. Before. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I just those are the those are the things about those are the hate of things that I just that I that I just personally cannot stand. If, if it's not mentioned, then it can't exist.
0: Yeah. Whereas you and I think we kind of enjoy it when they put it in and make it work. It's kind of nice. Right. You
1: know? as, long as, as long as it works and it's like, okay, you sold me. You sold me on it making sense. Yeah. Right?
0: But one thing, thing I really like is I really like the fact that these two relationships have flopped.
1: <laughs> Same. Same. Um,
0: because Yeah. Like Spock... Sometimes I mean, plus that's just a real thing that happens. Sometimes you know they clearly they had great chemistry before they got together, and then they got together and it just didn't work.
1: But at the same time, I the this kind of feeds into what I was just saying a little while ago. Like the I thought to myself, okay, Kirk and Lon, like th- this can't go on for me because like it's going to get to the point where I say to myself, how do you explain this or not explain it when you get to space? to the Wrath of Khan. I just I don't like the more you do this. The less right. sense it's going to make.
0: And are we even clear that the real Kirk knows about her background?
1: Well, no. I mean, he just knows her last name. And so yeah. my and f- that might
0: be a very common last name on Earth, for all
1: we know. It's potential potentially, yeah. That's that's the thing. Like, there's not a it's like when I just think of that scene in Space Seed when they're going through Photos of Khan and Kirk says Khan Noonien, he like says his name aloud. Khan Nunian Singh. Yeah. She says Laan Noonien Singh. And I just think to my, so even though they don't have a discussion about Khan, is there a moment where Kirk's like, I kind of have a relationship with somebody with that last name?
0: Like, I wonder if Noonien Singh would be like someone having the last name Hitler.
1: Like, or is it like Smith?
0: You are know, like yeah. But if it would be original, you know, if you had someone's last name Hitler, obviously you're gonna be like double
1: take right right but But
0: i think nobody has that last name anymore because they'll change
1: but again as i have also said i know i've said like oh that is that problematic but really how does that how would that even help in the con situation in the con situation like what that doesn't give him any insight into how to deal with con as an enemy
0: you wouldn't want to bring it up to con i would just make things awkward
1: Right, right, right. So, in a way, it's like I can see it from both ways, but I think it's just because I would almost want there to be a scene where Kirk's like, hmm, but we can't have that, obviously. But
0: maybe this is the only times that they met. Right. Knowing the show, it's probably not.
1: And also, I mean, who's to say six, seven years later, maybe he just forgot her last name.
0: So, she, so many women, you know, make advances at him. You know, you can't keep track. <laughs>
1: well, quite possibly. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Um, unless they unless they do something later on when she says to him like, "You can't mention me to anybody." If they pull the discovery thing, you know, and say you can't talk about me, it's illegal. If she somehow becomes like classified information or something, or right. like maybe she, uh, or maybe yeah, she. But-
0: show that would never happen
1: or maybe she changes her last name or something right i don't know so but like i said it, it's it's a it's it bugs me at times but my logical side kind of comes up and says yeah but again how does that even what would that even do how would that help them in the in space seed and rathakana it wouldn't it wouldn't uh-huh. right it's not like she's spilling her guts about khan nuni and
0: she did to the other Kirk,
1: right? But not this Kirk. Yep. Well,
0: so let's see. Also, we got a little bit of um, what's going on with Pike's relationship with Battelle. Yep. And um, so Pike is not great at communicating. He didn't want to go to that place, and uh, instead of telling her he didn't want to go there, he just said um. Oh, let's talk about it later.
1: Yeah. What do you think of now? Patel has been on the show, I think, what three times so far this season? Four times. Okay. I mean, I think, and I think she's going to be in the finale. Uh, from what I can, from well, she is going to be in the finale. So maybe I'd think on an average of uh, maybe five. I think five episodes, four episodes, five episodes. What I do you think? think so. What do you think of this character? Do you like oh, her? Do you like her? You know.
0: I like the character, and I like the relationship that they have. Yeah, because it's a very real relationship.
1: We've talked about how in the past it didn't seem like captains really, oftentimes had, or fraternized, right? And we were we were wondering is like Pike the first one who really,
0: right, has like a continuing relationship? Yeah, thing that you can see them like having ups and downs, right, and still working it out.
1: Well, I thought Number One's trial was going to be the end of it for the two of them because she was the the prosecuting attorney, and I thought she was gonna. I thought that was certainly going to be it. Yeah, so it I think they understand that duty is different than
0: right. They might have to do things for their duty that the other one might not like, but they get they yeah. get it. I think it does make that argument that they made that only another captain would be a good part.
1: Right. Yeah, I do. I do like her. I do Breakers, like her. The non. I do like her. I mean, this, this, they've, they've done a really, they've done a lot of just recurring characters this season. I mean, she's been on there a lot. Kirk's been on there a lot. So, um, these characters keep finding their way back into the show somehow. So, but I do, I do enjoy her. I think she's, I think she's all right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like her. Apparently she was a star of this show, Wanona Earp. That was quite a popular, like, Western, but I don't know. I think it was based on a comic book. She
1: was the star. Oh, really? I've never heard of that.
0: I had heard of it, but I didn't
1: remember Okay. Yeah, I don't know that one. Well, um, yeah, I mean, so I think overall for me, it it was, um, yeah, not a bad show, but not my favorite this season.
0: I think I, I really enjoyed it. I really loved the risk that they took, and I appreciated it, and I did enjoy many of the songs.
1: That's yeah. I mean, you talk about. I do appreciate the fact that they really again went for it. It was very unique. It was a very interesting way, a very interesting episode to do. And I just, even if I wasn't a fan of it, it doesn't mean that I didn't like it. I I really appreciate them just trying something brand new. I mean, if if there's one thing you can say about this show, it's that they're not afraid again to really try something and really, you know um just go for it and just make these big swings. And I thought that the the Lower Decks crossover was going to be was a really big swing, but I I would argue this is a much bigger swing cuz this is just so out of the ordinary for yeah. a Star Trek show. I mean, I would think that the Lower Decks one was also a big swing simply because of the tonal differences between both shows, but that they somehow yeah, made work.
0: We didn't expect it would be taking multiple big swings in a season.
1: No, and I i have to bring it up again you mentioned it i mean what was the thing Anson mount said last year when talking oh, yeah, about because they were producing this lower season
0: crossover. he said this season gets crazy and the lower decks crossover is not even like the craziest thing we
1: do right and we're like because he said that what as season one was airing and as season one was airing they were filming this season and yeah. he was our they were sort of telling us that yeah, yeah they're, they're talking crossover right
0: said yeah that's not even the craziest thing,
1: yeah, we're like, what the hell could that even what the yeah, hell could that, that even you, possibly you mean
0: over with the cartoon
1: right, right, well, and even but the thing is at that point, I don't even think that the crossover with lower decks was really quite clear, like how they were going to be doing it, yeah, I don't think we really knew, and so when he says something else that that's not even the craziest thing, which is like, well, what the fuck could and i I would not have even I would not have ever thought that it was going to be a musical episode. I never would have even imagined. No. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, not a, pretty good. I mean, pretty good. Uh, I don't know if it's an episode that I will uh, revisit <laughs> very often.
0: And so it's funny. So we often talk and often you'll say that at the end of an episode, you restart it right away.
1: Yes. And i never, forever,
0: this is the only episode that I ever had the thought at the end, when it ended. Oh yeah.
1: Out. This was the only episode I did not do that with.
0: So that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's very, very, yeah. It's very interesting how like you and I pretty much did the complete opposite this season. Yeah, I, because I, I, you know what it was? Like I reached a point in the episode. Um, I think it was. It might have been when number one and La'an had their song. And I think that was the one. It was like. There was a song, there was like a three minute interlude, then there was another song. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm like, oh my god, I need a break from all this from all these songs. I just like, okay, it's a musical, I get it, but I just can we have a break for a few minutes? And then it went into another one. I just and it was that moment where I just thought to myself, I just don't know that this is working (laughs) for me. See,
0: I saw the songs were as vital and important as the dialogue parts,
1: yeah. I um,
0: now, what are we gonna learn about Lon and Una's relationship here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I watched it when it came out, of course, but I didn't do my second viewing until like a few days later. I just didn't. I, I just thought to myself, I uh, I'll wait. It's it's cool. It's cool because I I wanted the I wanted to kind of I wanted it to kind of wear off, and I wanted to sort of come at it. Because you watch it the first time and you take it all in. Maybe you think about it a little bit and then you go back and watch it again, see things that you miss. See, you may, and you might be able to enjoy it on a second level. I mean, my opinions on episodes have certainly shifted from between the first and second viewing. I mean, I've had moments where I just didn't like an episode at all from one of these shows and I've gone back to watch it a second time. I thought, well, you know, that was okay. Like, so sometimes the initial viewing is very, it's, it's, it's not my, my reception of it is not totally accurate until i've watched it another time that's when i really kind of settle in on okay now how do i really feel about it and i think with this one it more or less kind of stayed the same it didn't when i watched it the second time i think i liked it just a little bit more but pretty much kind of stayed in the in the neighborhood of where i was on the initial viewing mm. yeah yeah
0: I, think I was pretty much the same
1: yeah but you liked it a lot more than I, really I
0: did. I already liked it pretty much, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I give them 1000% credit for really trying something brand new. I mean, that's and succeeding. I mean, I, I I I know I liked it enough and enough to say that, yeah, I think they absolutely succeeded in what they set out to do.
0: Totally, totally. And I do a one-play yeah. critique, and this goes back to my critique about Pike not having enough to do this season. Yep. I really thought that at the end, and they said, we have to bring the whole crew together to sing. I thought, oh, this is Pike's moment to shine. Because what do captains do but give inspirational speeches? We learned that from Boyle-Muller. Mm-hmm. It's mainly what they do. Yeah. And, but he only gave the intro, to the intro into the inspirational speech that was then given by Uhura. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a bummer. I think that would have been a good moment for him to use his captain skills to bring everyone together.
1: I do wonder what this episode was like to film. And just the amount of preparation that went into it and the choreography, because this is a lot, I mean, this is unlike any episode they've done before. Right. I mean, they've got a, you know, and
0: I'm sure there's many levels of dance and singing ability on the cast. Right. Right. Oh, so, so comfortable. Like Uhura being on Broadway. It was probably, this was like easy peasy for her. But yeah. I'm sure other, some other people it was very challenging.
1: Well, I think, and I think a a fair amount of the cast, I mean, has some stage experience, has some slight musical experience. I mean, obviously, I think some more than others, but from watching it, you never would know that. Like, it doesn't come across, they all seemed 100% comfortable in what they were doing, right? I believed every second of it.
0: Well, I had a lot of auto-tune.
1: Yeah, that's what you were saying. Yeah,
0: Yeah. like very nice, which is fine. Not everyone can sing. I, I can't sing.
1: Well one thing I did notice is that once they once it was over with, like after they had, you know, uh saved themselves and saved the Klingons and they were all celebrating and happy. Um, Pike, and it looked actually somewhat it looked it it actually looked more like Anson Mount doing this to Carol Kane rather than Pike saying this to Pelia. He looks at Pelia and they both kind of like do a little jig together, like in celebration. And I thought to myself, that's real I'm like, that's really cute. Nice. Yeah, it was almost like I could it, it was almost like I looked at that and I thought to myself, that's probably something like Anson Mount would have done to Carol Kane after they finished filming the scene.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So they
1: were just, just having fun. And Pike, it was like Pike was just having fun with, with Pelia, And I just, but I and I thought to myself, is that like an outtake that just made it into the episode somehow and they just decided to keep it? Yeah.
0: Like the manga in uh, Chapel dancing down take Bay that also looks very much not choreographed
1: Right. No, absolutely not, yeah.
0: Uh, one thing I noticed this episode, and I probably has been there before, but I don't know if I ever noticed, behind Spock's viewfinder, that black and white rotating optical thing is, from the original series is there.
1: Yep. It's Which been there was, since the beginning.
0: Like optical illusion thing they could do would be like, yeah, we'll just put a spinning thing. It'll be cool. Like yeah. The original series, but they kept it. That's pretty great tension to detail.
1: Yeah, that's been there since... Um... Actually that's how remember when the second season of Discovery ended and ended on the Enterprise Bridge? Like it was and Spock came on the bridge, he wasn't shaved anymore, like he had his look. The that thing was there. Like he turns it on and that was and it was there.
0: Love that. Yeah. Um let's see. I think That's all I got. Yep, that's it.
1: So I just want to make a mention about um uh, Nurse Chapel and Roger Corby again. So in the original series episode, what a little girls made of it's set in 2266 and it's revealed that Nurse Chapel and Roger Corby had become engaged at some point prior to his 2261 disappearance. As this episode is set in 2259, their relationship has progressed to that point within the span of just two years.
0: So
1: yeah. we may see that go down. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Which is Maybe. one of those, which is one of those things that, I. which is one of those like gaps that I don't mind the show filling. If they want to, if they want to show that to me, I'm, I'm fine with that because it's not something, it's not such a, it's not a major canonical event that I really have strong feelings about. If you want to show it to me, right. that's fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And who knows? It could be another thing that pushes Fox toward logic when it's, you know, obviously that's going to hurt somebody yeah. really likes getting engaged.
1: Yeah. Do you think that this is the last we'll see of Kirk for a while?
0: No, I mean just because of the track record, I don't see. I, now you would think, well, now he's going to be number one on the Farragut, so we're not going to see him. But yeah. I, I hope so.
1: I think my my feelings about him have not changed I think and- f- changed in the sense that I still don't understand why he needs to be there and he was there a lot this season, and I felt that you know as we're as you know we have one episode left this season, and I think there's enough there where i think we've there's enough I've seen to where I can say you know I think that what this show did too much of this season was it sort of shifted the focus away from this being the, the captain Pike era of the enterprise at times. It feels like it's, and I think most of it is with the scenes of Kirk, right? Um, The show is all too eager to just get to the original series. When we have like seven years to go, it's not happening tomorrow.
0: Kirk is literally competing with Pike for screen time. Like he's got, yeah, not like he had more, but he's close to the amount of significant scenes that Mike Right. Had.
1: Right. And so I just think that the show needs to dial that back. It feels like it's in some ways overshadowing the fact that this is not, that this is Pike's time. So.
0: Well, all we can say, we've seen a lot of the original series crew, and hopefully they'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, I, I I I have a weird feeling about next week's finale, but yep. we'll see if I'm right. I, I don't think. I mean, unless it's Kirk again. I mean, is Kirk going to come to the rescue again somehow? I don't. I don't know. But I just I I've I don't know. I have a feeling. Okay. Yeah. But I'm I just I don't want them to. Whatever they do next, I want them next season to just stay away from all of this, right? Well, I like mean, you
0: said, if Apple's going to be going. Maybe they'll get they'll need uh, Doctor McCoy to come in.
1: Oh, uh, I hope not. Well, I was, you know, i I was fearful that when you remember last season,
0: oh, when Hemmer died, when
1: Hemmer died, I thought to myself, they better not bring in Scotty for this. And thank God they didn't. Did not. But, um, Mrs. Lodko. Yeah. I, I, it's like, you know what it is? It's one of those things where I think to myself, people watching this show, we all know that this is a prequel to the original series, right? We know it's coming. We understand that. I don't need you to, we don't need you to continually remind us in all of these very cute, ways i think some stuff
0: that's all you need
1: the entire show is a legacy show in in a lot of ways um but i just i don't need i don't i I think my point i said this to somebody a few days ago i said in talking about the show i said i don't need you to plant a seed in every single episode To something that is eventually going to pay off in the original series. I want... Because as much as I love Strange New Worlds, I don't want it to just... I want the show to have its own identity in the sense that I just don't want it to be a show that's simply about teeing up the original series. Very much like... Like, I don't want to have that feeling I had at the end of Season 2 of Bacardi where it felt like this is just clearing the stage... For the next... For the TNG reunion that we're getting in Season 3. I don't... I don't want... I don't want that... I don't want to come away from Strange New Worlds feeling that way. Yeah. So... I think they went a little... So... If, like this season... I know we have one episode left. I just think they went a little bit too overboard... In... Planting all of these seeds and leaning into the original series. I don't... I want them... I They gotta... I want them to bring that back next season. And just stay solely focused on yeah. this is pike's this enterprise crew. this is pike's time
0: i just want this crew to have some adventures
1: i do i do i don't need it to be it doesn't all have to be one continual link to things that eventually pay off in the original series I
0: don't. Some episode.
1: I don't mind it on occasion and as you and i have said so, a lot of times when they do it it's worked but i but they've they've started to do it so many times it just feels like that's all the show is becoming and i don't want i don't want that i don't want the show to just be that Oh, it's just, it's its building the stage for the original series, right? I, I just, I don't want it to be only that, so. And I, and I, and I thank Ghostbusters Afterlife for that, for that, because that's. It's,
0: it's, no, it's not, it's not as bad, it's not bad. Like no,
1: that. but that movie has gotten, got, like, that movie made me hate, like, Easter eggs. Like, yeah, I've never hated, before. yeah horribly what
0: that movie is also how to do them horribly where you don't give them any purpose in the new thing right they serve only to remind you the audience the old thing right like at least this show like it works it in in ways that are
1: well and it's fun. weird because like you know we like that term member barrier, and i think to myself in a weird way like stranger worlds is giving you member barriers, but it's giving you member for things in the world that don't exist yet
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's sort of like it's like a memory, but it's like looking forward. It's like planting. It's it's. I mean, it's the planting of a seed, really. As yeah. I keep saying, and
0: some it. of them actually, in fairness, I think you kind of have to do like the Carol right. Marcus thing.
1: That time- made sense. I don't have a problem with that.
0: Timeline wise, this would be around the time you think how old his son is when he meets him in yeah. the picture. I'm-
1: we're about we're about twenty three years away from the Wrath of Khan. And I think that's about yeah. how old David would have been at that time
0: yeah so that would have been weird to yeah not bring her up when someone's pursuing. Her.
1: right I mean, right i think you know and i'll end on this point it's it's like it's a case of like small universe syndrome right like it's you and i made the joke like why is why the fuck is sam kirk there like, why does he even need to be there right and it's just this need to connect all of these seemingly unrelated things for almost no reason at all and it's it's that and it's planting seeds it's like you're connecting all of these things but also planting seeds and it's like but i and the show does have its own identity but i just feel like i don't want them to start doing it so much that that's all the show now just becomes it's, yeah, just it's just all just
0: reasonable or maybe more reasonable that Kirk just would have showed up when he got the captain's thing.
1: Right. Like every time he's there, I'm like, what's he I'm like, what's he here for now? Yeah. Like, don't you have a ship to work on, Kirk? Like, where and we never even see the ship, by the way. Like, where is it? We don't oh, yeah. even show it in any establishing shots. Like, where is the ship? Where is your ship, Kirk? Where are no, where no, is it?
0: Good to use the enterprise model.
1: Right. But <laughs> it's like Deep Space Nine and Next Gen, like they 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 barely ever crossed over because DS Nine stayed stationary and the Enterprise is always going out someplace. And I would think when you have ships, you're going in two different places. How do you even? What are the odds of you, you know?
0: It's real small.
1: Right. Well, small universe syndrome, as I keep saying, yeah.
0: Even even just when they showed the fleet on the map in this episode and how they were all got the music bug.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's my that's my that's my hope for season three that they just kind of they dial this stuff back. I don't think they're going to, but who knows? Maybe they will.
0: I have to admit though, it is bothering me less and less.
1: You're just getting used to it at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Well. Well, well, well. In our next episode, we're gonna be discussing the season finale.
0: The thrilling finale of Star Trek.
1: Am I saying this right? Hegemony? Is that how you say it?
0: Now, I've heard that it's hegemony. I've heard both.
1: Hegemony. Okay. Hegemony? hegemony Now, both. Can you explain to me, and just for audience, what is a hegemony?
0: Oh, yeah. So the word hegemony means it's It's going over an overwhelming power. So, for instance, here it is in a sentence. the United States culture has a hegemonic influence on the world because, you know, our movies are seen all over the place. Our music trends kind of like.
1: Our pop culture.
0: All over the world and things like that. So our culture is sort of a hegemony. It is dominating and overpowering.
1: Now is, but it sounds to me like hegemony, and I guess it's just because it's associated with the Gorn. It has it to me. Has a very negative association, and I think it's again because of the Gorn. But
0: usually, it is used to criticize something.
1: Yeah, it's
0: too powerful,
1: right? So, what does that tell you about the Gorn? Like, what do you think?
0: Beyond just calling themselves an empire, they're calling themselves like an overwhelming, dominant force,
1: right? Yeah, because we know nothing about. That's the closest we know about the Gorn. About the Gorn species, is that they're a hegemony.
0: Yeah, we know that like they're kind of like the raptors in Jurassic Park, but they fly spaceships. They just want to eat people. Right. But yet they fly spaceships.
1: It's very, it's very, very strange. Yeah. Travel. Yeah.
0: But they only want to warp around so they can eat people.
1: Yeah, I don't from the way the show and even the original series has depicted them, I don't they don't make sense to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's no, very weird. We've developed warp technology. Let's go land on a planet and eat everybody we can find. Right. Very strange. But they're good at it, I guess. Do what you're good at.
1: It. But as we as they have alluded to in the first episode of the season, at the end of the first episode of the season, Admiral or, uh, Commodore April and another Commodore were talking about how they think that they are spiraling toward a war with the Gorn. And I thought, based on episode titles, that Under the Cloak of War, the episode from last week, was going to be revisiting that seed, which it did not. That thread, I should say, which it obviously did not. So it looks like it's going to be the bookend of the bookends of the season, and I would assume it's going to be a cliffhanger or something, or some sort of leading into next season. I just i I think I hope that next season is not a war season. Like I hope they don't decide like, oh, let's make a season long arc and have it focus uh, on yeah. No uh, way
0: they'll, they'll do that with this show. I think they know that that's their bread and butter is yeah, not having
1: season. Yeah, because. It is it's,
0: interesting. You would think that the the starfleet after facing the gorn it would make the klingon seem like very reasonable adversary
1: yeah well it's not i think i'm also not clear on just how big the gorn how large their influence is as compared to the klingons like how what how are they how are they as they how do they compare as an adversary
0: yeah how you much know? space control right to the even control space when they just go around eating
1: people. Right. right. So I don't know. It it does um I think before we do it, um, before we uh before I watch it, or after, just before we record next one. I do want to go back and watch the original series episode Arena. To oh, just yeah. sort of like pick up on any like fine details about them. Nothing I'm sure will be substantial, but just to have in my back pocket just in case.
0: We saw the Gorn, didn't we? It, um wasn't it in Ticonderoga?
1: We did. The Gorn suit was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the guy who uh played the Gorn in that episode used to make uh convention rounds from time to time. Yeah. 10, but... Yeah, he was a stunt man. So Yeah,
0: one, day, one day's work
1: and like God six... I remember God I remember you said that and I thought that was so funny.
0: <laughs> it probably like, was literally like one day's work in the late.
1: Well, he was a stuntman, so I assume he did stunts for other things as well. So I can't yeah. imagine it was Trek only, right?
0: Of course, but yeah, it was the luckiest day of work for you ever got. I don't, I, don't en- en- I- it, right? LA wearing that suit.
1: That's I was going to say, it? I don't envy him like doing that at Vasquez Rocks. It, I, God only knows yeah. how hot it was that day wearing. And that oh, suit, for you could tell, like that suit was probably made of rubber. Like he probably yeah, well, yeah, was he like, was he probably yeah. was just like, he probably was covered in ants, you know, from all that sweat and just. Yeah yeah that must have been awful what
0: a goldish tunic he wore with
1: it yeah well it's funny like in the times that they've faced off the going on the show so far like i wish like <laughs> i kind of wish in a way somebody said i don't know just make a bamboo a bamboo weapon and use it against some yeah. i know it hasn't actually happened yet but that's that would actually be a really good lower decks joke make a bamboo make a bamboo cannon I think actually didn't they do that? Am I misremembering? Did they just I feel like they made a reference to that somehow. Maybe. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. But all right. Uh any do you have any like I don't know predictions for the finale?
0: No. That wouldn't be fair cuz we've both seen it. Yeah. I predict <laughs>
1: All right, well, uh, yeah, we'll be back next time to discuss the season finale of Strange New Worlds, season two. So until then, you want to say your latest, Gatis, thing? <laughs> oh, I love a parade. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is your musical thing. All right, see everybody next time. Peace out.